Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, and you're listening to Alligator Preserves. In today's episode, you're going to meet a Silver King. But wait, her name is Allison, Allison Sandoval. So she might want to be called a Silver Queen. Hmm, I guess you're going to have to stay tuned to find out what we need to call her. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Welcome, Alison Sandoval. Thank you. You're welcome. And my first question, are you a silver king or a silver queen? Silver queen. You're a silver queen. Okay. But before we get to your racing, who is Alison Sandoval? Who are you? Who, 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 who? I really want to know. (laughs) I am the wife to Wesley Sandoval, who is the lead man record breaker. I've got four children, two sons, two daughters. And I have two granddaughters. Wow. Yeah, Austin and Alaska. Yeah, they're precious. And I moved up here when I was nine years old. So I've been here since 1989 and pretty much just raised here. Went to school here, graduated, met Wes in high school. And we've been together for almost 24 years now. Wow. Yeah. Do you know why your parents moved here? My dad got a job. We lived in Florence. Colorado. And my dad got a job in Silverthorne, but we couldn't afford housing there. So we ended up moving here and he just commuted to and from work every day. Okay. That's how we ended up in Leadville and we just never left. Wonderful. So you've already given birth to four children. You've already done something way more difficult than most people will ever experience. So why race? Well, you know, one day I was just at home. Wes was at home. We hadn't really gotten into it. And I said, well, I'm just going to go out for a run. And it was three miles. And it just kind of took off from there. It was just a healthy way of living and just a lifestyle to show the kids, like, you need to do something more than just come home and sit. So we just started from there. And he did say that the family inspired him Mm -hmm. to to do more, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you are the one who said, let's run. Yeah, just one day I went out for a run and I came back and he said, well, how far did you go? And I said, I went three miles. And so the next day he went with me and it just kind of took off from there, really. And you ran together? Or did yeah, you we t- ran together. Yeah, yeah, because neither one of us were runners. So it was, I can't keep up with him now, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's good. So it just kind of took off from there. What is your background in physical fitness? You know, I really don't have one. I <laughs> I did weight training in school in track, volleyball, um, basketball, as far as the sports go. But like once I got out of school and I had children, I really don't have a physical background until I was 32. So nothing, nothing competitive. What, what was your first race? Oh, my first race was the Firecracker 5K. Okay, right here in town? Right here in town, yeah. Okay. And, and that was hard. Why? Why was it hard? Because it was, I had never done a race before, so I didn't realize that people like sprint the entire three miles. So it was super tough. 
It hurt. <laughs> and it, uh, you've lived here for how many years now? Since 89? Since 89. So so, ma- so many years. Do yeah. you feel like you're completely acclimated to this elevation? You know, I do now. I was diagnosed in 2016 with pulmonary hypertension. Oh, and that's scary. Yeah, the doctors were saying that was from secondhand smoke growing up. And I thought the altitude had a lot to do with it. So we were actually thinking about moving. And just this past March, I went back to a doctor in Edwards, and they had never told me that I had severe anemia. Hmm. So I've been taking a lot of vitamins, and it cleared it up. Like, I can breathe now. I'm not huffing and puffing when I go out and exercise. Wow. Looking for that breath. So, so it, was, it was anemia more than yeah, anything else. Than that, yeah. And so I want to have, you know, go back to the doctor and have that sleep study done to see if that has corrected the what they thought was pulmonary hypertension. Okay. But in that respect, I feel acclimated now and I'm super excited. So I've only been able to really work out since the end of April this year. So for about a year and a half, I was unable to work out or breathe or because I just was so out of breath no matter what I did. And I thought, I feel like I should be in way better shape than this. Why am I so out of breath all the time no matter what I do? Mm -hmm. So I'm just excited to be able to actually do this and be able to feel good about it. It's good to have a diagnosis that's you can fix something. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And continue continue to live here. Yeah. So your first race was the Firecracker 5K. And then you somehow decided that you were a good runner and you wanted to do more and longer. And yeah, you know, I, I don't consider myself good at much as far as the exercise goes. I'm not very competitive. I just like to do it for me. Okay. You know what I mean? And so I'm not out there like, oh, I'm going to beat you. I'm better than you. That's not my attitude. But yeah, it's, I just got into it and I thought that it was super fun. So I started going longer distances and then I did the Leadville heavy half. And when I finished, Marvin said, oh, hey, are you ever going to do that again? And I was like, no way. That hurt so bad. I'll never do that again. Do you remember what year you did that? I think it was 2014. So the heavy half, I did that one year. I, I can't even remember the year that I did it, but I remember it being torturous and yeah. very difficult. And I couldn't imagine ever doing a, mar- a marathon here. Mm-hmm. But you got over that. I did. And for five years in a row, I did the uh, Leadville Turquoise Lake 20K. You know, just little things here and there. And I did last year actually do the marathon here. And I loved it. Why? Why did you love it? What about it did you love? You know, just the camaraderie of the people, just they're so nice. And it's just everybody cheers everybody on and nobody's out there to like make fun of anybody or anything like that. So it's really neat to be around the community that treats people like that. Mm -hmm. And just the hiking part of it, just being out in nature. And I had a friend to hike with pretty much the whole time. So having completed the marathon, you figured, oh, let's go for a 50K bike one day, followed by a 50, uh, not a 50K, a 50 mile bike one day, followed by a 50 run Mm -hmm. the next day. Well, you know, last year when I did the marathon, I had so much fun. I thought, well, let me try the 50 run. I didn't do the bike last year, but I did the 50 run and I made it 37 miles and it hurt so bad that I just, my hip flexors were so sore that I had... My son picked me up and take me back. At the 37-mile point? Yeah. I was oh. at the printer boy, and I, uh, you know, but I don't regret the decision to quit because I don't want to hurt myself to a point where it's going to mess yeah. me up for a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this year, you know, I've been wanting to do the Silver Queen for a while, for a few years, and 
I thought, well, this year I'm in good enough shape. My health is back. I'm feeling great. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And so this is the first year you completed it. Uh huh. And how long did it take you to do the bike? So I did the bike in 713. 50 miles. Yep. Through some pretty tough terrain. It's very tough. Yeah, that race is not nice. (laughs) I've heard it's quite tricky. It is. Yeah, it's almost 8,000 feet of climbing. So that's a ton of climbing. What kind of bike do you have? I have a truck. Mm hmm. And then how long did it take you to do 50 miles of running the following day? It took me 13 hours and 52 minutes. Wow. So just before cutoff time, I completed it. But I knew that I could get it done. So it was okay with me. Did you ever have a doubt during it that you were going to have to make a phone call? No, actually, (sighs) I didn't. I felt really good the entire time. And so do you think it's just your your health being better that helped you with that? Or did you train differently? You know, I didn't train differently than I did last year. I just think that I, I think that it's my health. A lot of it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how do you train? What, what does a typical week of training look like for you? Probably three days a week riding and then a couple days going for a hike. I wouldn't necessarily say I just steady run because I'm more of, a, I like to hike and then run, but not just steady run. Are you better uphill or downhill? Downhill for sure on bike and run. Okay. Yeah. All right. Describe the start. Let's go with the, the run. Describe the start of the run this year. Okay. How did you feel and what was going on? You know, I felt really good at the start of the run. I wasn't nervous because I already knew what I was in for. And I had just completed the bike the day before. So I wasn't nervous, but I knew that I had a long day ahead of me. So I just wanted to take it easy rather than start out too hard. And your legs weren't fatigued from 50 miles of riding? You know, they might have been, but I really didn't want to pay attention to that. Okay. I just wanted to enjoy being out there and not think, oh man, this is not going to be fun. It's going to be a long day. I'm kind of tired. So I just try to have a positive attitude out there. And So your mindset is extraordinarily important and I'm hearing it this It really from... is. It's it's a big mental game. Any of these races are, it's a big mental. I'm hearing that from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you could go somewhere flat and do that probably in half the time. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you're out there and you're you have to climb so much in these Leadville races it's it's a lot of mental game describe the finish oh the finish that was amazing I couldn't wait to get there um (laughs) the last two miles were very hard just because my legs were at that point like just shot just shot like (laughs) rubber my quads were super sore (laughs) and then you have that steep hill at the very end where the sledding hill is to run down that's not fair like what is this (laughs) like oh but it felt amazing to come through that finish line and get that medal and be like yay silver queen you made it you know awesome it's an awesome feeling did you use hiking poles at all no no i did not what do you eat when you're racing both bike and run and do you eat differently you know i don't really eat a lot because when i'm exercising it's hard for me to take food um i did eat more during the run than i did the bike just because it was a longer time and it's Obviously harder you to run. You pretty much have to. You have to. Or you to. bonk, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I do take a lot of goos. Mm-hmm. And I only go off water. I don't use all, like all the uh, goo or like or all goo the, drinks. All the accelerate or, and exactly. the, all, those, all those things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I tried try. some of those. <laughs> I just sipped them from my husband's bottles and I thought, oh my gosh, how can you drink this? Yeah, no, some of it tastes like hot Vaseline and I'm like, 
<laughs> Did you say hot Vaseline? Yeah, like it, it's almost like a, you know, like chemically. It's ugh, yeah, it's nasty. Yeah. I just yeah, real food, real food, or, you know. or goose, and the goose are easy, right? And goose really do work. They're amazing. During the run, I ate some potato chips and a couple of quartered peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But it's really hard to take food down when you're yeah out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> clothing. Do you wear something specific? Or do you wear someone's kit for the bike? Do you no, represent anyone? I don't. No, I just wear the Cycles of Life jersey and then whatever shorts. So Cycle of Life socks. And when you're running? And when I'm running, no. I just wear whatever I would normally wear out on a run. Do you wear a pack, a camelback or anything? I do. It's orange mud. Yeah, it's great. Orange mud? Yeah. Okay. It Does it fit women well? It does, actually. It doesn't bounce and it's super comfortable. Ooh, my listeners out there, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Silver Queen Alison Sandoval. I hope you might consider being my patron. As a one-person operation here, I would love your support. For as little as $1 a month, you get all kinds of good stuff. And at the $3 level, you get an extra special thing every month. So go to patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves and see what rewards you will receive for becoming a patron of my arts. And now, stay tuned for more about what makes a Silver Queen tick. Do you think that anything in either of these races was easier or more difficult for you because you're a woman? I think it's hard, man or woman. I definitely think it's harder for women. Why? Why, I don't know. (laughs) I just feel like... Because women just aren't as fast as men. I mean, if you could look at any of their results, they're just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just, I think it's inspiring to see women doing races because so many men do them. So, mm-hmm. not very many women can do it. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well, can anyone do it? You know, I think that if you have the mindset and the training, I absolutely think you can. I Regardless do. of your age? Regardless of your age. Oh. My in-laws are... 65 and they are still racing and sometimes they beat me and they are amazing sometimes they beat you Mm -hmm. no way yeah when like has your mother-in-law beaten you my mother-in-law yeah has she beaten you uh she did once yeah she did (laughs) yeah it was in the 10k a couple years ago (laughs) she beat me my three minutes but they're just did she gloat oh not at all no not at all (laughs) no but they're just, they're amazing. And, you know, I think that just goes to show it doesn't matter what age you are. You can still do it. All right. So you are going to be crewing Wesley this year. Yes. For Leadman. Mm-hmm. So you have the 100-mile bike coming up this Saturday. Yes. My husband is doing his 12th one this Saturday. <gasps> Yay, so congratulations. I'll be crewing for that. Okay. He's a, he's a four-time Leadman. Nice. And then the following Saturday, mm-hmm. you'll crew for his 100-mile run yes how many years have you crewed for lead man um i think this is his fifth or sixth year doing it and you've been his crew for every i've year? always been his crew and his parents as well what is the most difficult part of crewing start with the bike hurry up and wait but i'm just so thankful that he's fast and it doesn't make <laughs> the day drag on <laughs> yeah it's but it's it's hard to because you hurry up and you try to get a parking spot so that you don't have to run two miles to get to the aid station to mm-hmm. wait. 
So it's a hurry up and wait game. Mm-hmm. And for the run, what's the most difficult part of crewing the run? Just, again, the waiting. Because it goes through the night. It does go through the night. Do and you sleep at all? No, I don't. So you're in the car. Out in the hot sun all day long waiting. Mm-hmm. You know, I wait at Twin Lakes for several hours because I can't get up into Winfield. It's real hard for people to get up in there. So I just hang out at Twin Lakes and wait. I think, did they close Winfield as, as a place for crew to go? You know, I think... I think they, they did might have, and ago. then like just the pacers can get up there. Okay. It's a long day. It's fun. I love it. I love crewing better for the bike, though, because it's obviously quicker. Obviously faster. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then the kids are out the there night. with us, and yeah. they've always been a part of that. So, yeah. Have you ever thought of pacing back from the 50 on the run? You know, I paced west two years ago, eight miles to the finish. So I have paced a little bit, but. Not the 50 miles all the way back. I couldn't keep up with him. He'd leave me. Yeah. And, you know, me as a pace should be like, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, not the whole 50 miles. But. Have you ever wanted to tell Wes to stop? As far Have as his physical, concerned? Yeah. like, no. No. Because I think he knows when enough's enough. Because mm-hmm. the first two times that he did attempt the 100 run, he did have to stop. And I think that's one thing that I've heard from other runners as well. Mm-hmm. It's you really need that positive input yeah. from your crew. And right, because how easy is it to be like, okay, let me jump in the car right. and take off like I did in the 50 last year, though I was hurting yeah. and I didn't want to be that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, Are women more sensible about when to stop than men? I have no idea if they are. <laughs> I mean, I am, but... <laughs> We'll say yeah. yes, all women yes. are more sensible than I, men. All, <laughs> all the time. No. All the time about everything. <laughs> Do you have a lead woman in your future? I I don't think so. No? No. Why not? You've already done half of it. I know. It's just the other half that I would, <laughs> you know, that's a long ways. It is. That's a really long ways. But... Let's I would see, have to did, train really hard for a good while. Someone said it's just one <clears throat> marathon followed by another <throat> marathon and then another marathon and then just one more. Right. So for why the not? Run. Yeah, that's no so big deal. So why couldn't you do that? Right. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> In the back of your mind, are you thinking You know, I have I actually should? thought about it because I know that I could get the 100 bike done and I've done everything else. It's just that 100 run is very scary, but... To riding the bike for that long, like I don't, I have no desire right now at this point to be on my bike that long. If you were to but tell Wesley, I'm doing Lead Woman next year, would he crew for you? He would, I think. Yeah, he'd I take think. a year off? I think so, because he's to the point where he wants to try different things. Okay. Right now, I think, you know, because you've already done it, you've set the record. We can do different things now, so I think he would take a year off. And What about a tandem bike? You know, I've asked him and he's like, no way. No, <laughs> but I had mentioned it. I thought that would be super fun. I would totally go tandem. I think some people do it just for fun. Yeah. You know, and some people right. can't race, but you could, you could do it for just tootling around. Sure. You could try it. Yeah. I think so. I think you should. You know, and, and I like to go out bike riding with Wes because we do the app. It's called Strava and it kind of Strava, tells, Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A. Uh-huh. Okay. And it kind of tells you like how fast you're going and where the segments are and whatever. And so when I do go out with Wes, he pushes me and he's always getting me little trophies on Strava (sighs) because he pushes me like that. And 
we went around the bike trail the other day and I, it was faster than I'd ever done it huh. just because I was with him and he pushes me. The mineral so, belt trail? The mineral belt trail. Okay. Yeah. And I would love, I told him he could not really pace me, but like just stay ahead of me in a race. And I would probably do really well. Just stay on his wheel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that would be fun. I would love to do that. But he's like, well, I'm busy racing too. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> so. Ranger, <laughs> when you're not training or racing, what are you doing? I, I'm a, you know, the special needs school bus driver here. So I, I love my job. I do that obviously during the winter and spring. So I did take the summer off so that I could exercise more, but I still love to just have fun with what I'm doing. So I still like to just go out for my own hikes and not necessarily training, but just for me mm-hmm. and go out on bike rides. So, and you're obviously spending time with my an kids. exquisite painter. As, oh yes. As I just Amazing saw earlier. Painter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think ultra racing is a lifetime sport? Is this something you're going to want to do the rest of your life? I think it is. I think it is. It, it wasn't one and done. You know, the first time you do something that's long and it's hard, you say, okay, never again. But it kind of becomes addicting and you just want to do better the next year after the next. And so it's just a healthy way to live and it's a good lifestyle. Has, I think. has it changed your life? I think so. I think so as far as because my family isn't so healthy. As far as, you know, the exercise and that kind of thing. I've got a mom and three sisters that have diabetes. And ah. so for me, I see that and it makes me want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I thank them in the respect that it's too bad that they had to go through that. But when I see that, it just makes me want to be healthy. So in that respect, I think it really has changed my life. And your children enjoy racing? Enjoy the training part? Or maybe not all of them? Not all of them. Not all of them. (laughs) The the two little ones, Haley and Wesley, they enjoy it definitely more than the two older ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my older son, Terrell, felt like he was forced to do things. Because we were like, you just have to get it done. Just do it. You're kind of like, you know, and he he was amazing at what he did. And then he graduated and that was it. The surprising thing you might find, and our sons are older than yours, mm-hmm. is that he might get back into it in a you while. Know, I'm really hoping that's it, the case. Yeah. Yeah. When he doesn't have to on his own terms. And exactly. he'll be, he'll be great at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we found with both our sons. Yeah. Good. They, and they actually came back and said, you know, they thanked us for a lifetime of doing hikes and Yay. Mike would take them geocaching. Okay. Yeah. Looking for little treasures yes. out yes. out in the wild. Right. But you're getting the exercise at the same time. Right. You're looking for things for fun. Yeah. And yeah. Having fun. Yeah. So, that's great. Yeah, it is. Tips for people considering doing more than, more than a 10 K. Um, just train smart. And you, what, what would be smart? What's a smart way of training? Have you had a coach? No, I've not had a coach. Other than but your husband or other you know, than, the two yeah, of you. Wes, but no, um, so I think just training smart would be like, don't overdo it. Don't always go out and just push yourself every single time that you're out doing a run or a bike ride. I think you need to back off and slower is faster. I think so if you're, you want to keep the same effort all the time. So if you are out there, you feel like you're going slow and you feel like you could go faster, but at the end, you're going to end up slower. So you might as well just... Be consistent. Be consistent. Have that same effort because you're just going to be able to finish that that much stronger than if you were to peter yourself out and not have the energy to complete it at a good pace, whether it's training or racing. I think just being smart, make sure that you're taking your nutrition the way you need to, that kind of thing. Have you dealt with any injuries? I mean, you stopped yourself before you were injured. Right. I've not had any injuries racing, no. 
I did have a pulled hamstring this past. I I was doing a cardio class and I pulled my hamstring and it's Ouch. off and on bothers me, but it's, you know, not too bad that I can't obviously do things. So Okay. Yeah. What else do we need to know? When are you going to be a lead woman? I want to know when you're going to be a lead woman. I'm thinking... Give me two years. I, I, I was going to say, I'm thinking two years. Yeah. I'm thinking in two years you're going to be ready for it because you'll do, you'll be a silver queen again next year. Oh. Probably. <laughs> and then it just won't be enough for you. Maybe. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it really is. I don't know. Because I said I wouldn't do the 50 bike again. I would rather run the 50 miles than bike it. Why? But it was, I don't know. It's just, I've done that race three times and I've, I'm just going to be honest. I've never enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the second time more than I have the first time in this time. Because um, of the difficulty? Because of Yeah, what? the difficulty of it. It's just, I want to ride a bike. I don't want to hike a bike. Okay. And that's what the 50 is. A lot of hiking here lot, and there. A lot of having to get off of it? Yeah. Because of terrain? or The terrain, yeah, because it's people? steep and it's rocky. It's loose. It's Were you ever frightened? During the 50? Dur- yeah. No. E- either of the 50s. No, never frightened. No? Uh-uh. Have you ever been frightened in your life? <laughs> of course. <laughs> when? I'll have to think about that. Uh, I think it was pretty scary when the way I was diagnosed with my pulmonary hypertension, I had passed out for 40 minutes and Wes could not wake me up. Oh. My pulse was so low that they could hardly find it. Oh, yikes. Yeah. So he had to break down the bathroom door and I wasn't responding and it was just... So, you know, after that, I was frightened because I thought, well... What if I'm out doing something and at any minute I just pass out and nobody knows where I'm at or, you know, anything like that. So that was pretty scary. I would imagine so. And so for five months, the doctors were like, you're not doing anything. So I couldn't go walking. I couldn't go hiking. I couldn't ride a bike. So for five months was just go to work and come home. That was it. Wow. And so for two months of that, I could not work. My work put me on work release. Oh, I would never know that from looking at you. You you look incredibly healthy. Thank you. (laughs) Let's see. Favorites. What's your favorite color? Pink. Pink. Yes. Always? Always. Since you were little? Since I was little. Light pink or fuchsia? Light. Light pink. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite vice. What's your vice? What's my vice? Or if you had had one vice, one vice that you could have for the rest of your life that wouldn't really impact you negatively, what would it be? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I've never asked anyone this question before, by the way. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't know. You could pick a vice. That would not negatively impact you. What would it be? I'm going to have to think about that. Hmm. What would you pick? I would probably pick chocolate because I love it so much and I am a chocoholic. Are you? And so it's bad for me. Oh. My mother was the kind of person who would say, oh, just give me a nickel's worth. Just okay. give me a nickel's worth. Like, literally, cute. she could have a bite of a brownie. Or a tablespoon of ice cream, and that would satisfy her. Really? <laughs> really. Wow. A nickel's worth. Okay. That's and cute. you give me a bite or a tablespoon, and I want... More. The whole bag. Yeah, or it's like the, the potato whole... chip, right? You can't eat just one. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so, so that's me. If I buy chocolate, I know that I just accept that it's going to be all gone by the time I get it home. Okay. Yeah. And I wish it wouldn't impact me negatively, but, you know... Well, if you, you can't eat an entire family bag of M&M's by yourself in two days and not have a negative impact, <laughs> no, I'm just, you I'm you just saying, not that I've, well, not that I'm in the process of doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, well, I'll have 
to have you think about that then. Yeah. Yeah. Any Anything else you want to pass on to our listeners out there? I think I want to say any of you who think that you can't do it, just know that you can. No matter what it is, you just have to set your mind to it. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in a certain period of time. But right. But you can always just get it done. You just have to put your mind to it and train and you can do it. Allison Sandoval, I wish you the best of luck in your future training for your upcoming lead woman whenever you decide to do it. And I also wish you great luck with crewing Wesley and his fifth or whatever lead man he's going for this year. Is he going to try to break his own record, do you think? I think he, in the back of his mind, it's always there. Yeah. But, you know, if he doesn't, he still has the record. So, right. You know? Right. I think that's fabulous. Yeah. You make a great team, obviously. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for visiting Alligator Preserves. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You can find today's show notes with links and photos on my website at leadvillearl.com. So hop on over to that. And if you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe to Alligator Preserves on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends about it. I do hope you might support me on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves and check out the rewards you'll receive. Please join me next time when I'll talk about something completely different. And uh, I did ask Allison what kind of preserves she spreads on her toast. And she said, absolutely, no question about it, Smucker's Strawberry Jam. Because she loves the chunky goodness. That was one of my dad's favorites too. That and marmalade. He did like his marmalade. Until next time, bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.